Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Mesh Musings 10. No, you don't sell a data mesh. Vendor BS in data mesh. Okay, this one is something that has been coming up quite a bit, especially in talking more and more to to organizations that are trying to figure out how to get going with building out their platforms and kind of where to really start uh, on building out their technology side, not just their people process side. I'll start with a few thoughts before calling companies out but it is time to bop some vendors on the nose and send them to the timeout corner. The way we've been sold most advancements in tech, but very especially the data space, is through purchasing a vendor solution. Need a new way to handle all your mass amounts of data? Here's a data lake. Oh, and we sell that. Literally, we've been throwing technology at our data challenges for, what, five decades? Has it ever really worked all that well? Do you really think it's going to work this time? This time, it's different? It's not. What's Einstein's definition of insanity again? When you look at why data projects fail and IT projects in general, isn't it 80, 85, 90% of the time that it's people process related, not technology related? So why do we keep trying to focus on tech first? Look at microservices or DevOps or many of the other things that have come out of the software engineering world in the last two decades. DevOps does have some tooling that has grown around it to enable you specifically to achieve what you're trying to do with DevOps. And some people think it's about just using the tools, but it's the processes and approaches that make the difference, not the tools. Data mesh is people process first, architecture second, And then technology, maybe third. I like to think of it as 11th. Being overly reliant on any one piece of technology is just going to set you up to use it as your hammer. Most data mesh challenges won't be nails. Yes, you don't want 80 different pieces of technology, but most of the data product production process is about making it easy to create and consume data. That's it. Don't overcomplicate things. 
I think you'll get a lot of perspective on this specific thing from Henrik Gothberg's episode, which is number 63. But getting out of the habit of thinking of solving challenges with tools is hard. I, I get that. But we need to go to first principles. Tools can definitely help you to address specific needs, but you need to be careful around where you go. I think if you look at a lot of the success stories from this podcast, very rarely are they talking about what tools or technologies they use versus what are they using tools to do. Yes, everyone is starting with the tools because it is far less nebulous than people process. And humans inherently want to grasp onto the concrete with all of their might. That is human nature. It's not something that is easy, but it's something that we have to to move against. Let's try to move past that and focus on what the key differentiators are. And those are really the explicit tool or tooling choices. Before we get to timeout corner, I will call out a few vendors that have been positive in not going overboard on marketing and providing useful help and commentary. Basically, I don't only want to name those behaving badly. Let's highlight those behaving well. In the metadata management catalog space, the the names that come up a lot as being part of implementations are LinkedIn Data Hub, which is Acryl Data is the company that's kind of the driving force there now behind that. The Amundsen Project with Stemma AI being the driving force there. Atlin, I, I love Prukalpa and her energy around making it easy to collaborate around data. The Selectstar team are a little earlier, as is Soda, but hearing good initial things about them as well. And again, they're, they're participating in useful and helpful ways. Uh, I haven't seen any public announcements of people using data.world uh, in their data mesh implementation, but Tim and Juan are pretty active in general, and, and I think they have at least a few customers doing data mesh too. It's just kind of tough because sometimes people aren't all overly public about what, what tools they're using, which good and bad. <laughs> in the data observability slash data quality space, the ones behaving well that I see a lot are Monte Carlo and Great Expectations. And Great Expectations is being driven by the company Superconductive. Monte Carlo is probably third in amount of quality data mesh content be- behind Jamac, and I'll pat myself on the back and say myself. Although B-Time Strangholds at Microsoft is looking to challenge for that, that role soon. <laughs> and Abe Gong from the Great Expectations Project recently did a really interesting podcast episode on data cr- contracts, and that's going to be number 65. I'm always a little confused about Knowledge Graph stuff. I literally had somebody else conduct the interviews for our Knowledge Graph conference takeover week this week. But Terminus DB has been a positive and supportive voice in the community pretty much since day one. Philippe Hoy's episode, uh, he talked a lot about Terminus DB on the Knowledge Graph side. I think Starburst has played the line pretty well, too. They are pushing community learning well, including handling our interview transcripts. So I don't have to deal with that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any transcripts. And they aren't trying to say build a data mesh on Starburst. They're talking about how do you actually leverage Starburst to make it easier um, for their customers. Not saying whether that's uh, it's the right solution for everybody or anybody, but I don't think that they're going over the line when it comes to marketing. Okay, now on to the bad ones. One startup that starts with an N in the data ops space, I won't even say. Feel free to ping me about it, but I won't 
don't even want to give them more notoriety. Their CEO was literally calling data mesh BS in multiple places while their marketing team was talking about how, you know, data mesh is great and we're all about the data mesh. The data virtualization company Denodo relative to data mesh should be Denono. They keep going over the top of where data virtualization should be leveraged. Listen to the episode with Daniel Abadi, number 23. Data virtualization can be very useful when you're thinking about your data mesh, but you absolutely should not be using it to fully create your data product. It's just an awful idea. Jamak has said that multiple times. Anybody I talk to about this, it's just, it's a bad, bad idea. You, you don't have bi-temporality, no ability to build your data products as code. There's just so many issues there and you're so reliant on a vendor if you're trying to do it that way. Confluent, as Jamak said in her State of the Data Mesh talk, there is no such thing as a streaming data mesh. Stop saying that. As Inigo Montoya might say, you keep using those words. They do not mean what you think they mean. It's such a silly concept that it was literally called out by name. Yes, Kafka has good features. Many people like using it. But no, it's not a data mesh. Stop trying to implement the event service bus pattern on the data side. It's going to cause a lot of pain and confusion when it's not necessary for many use cases. Snowflake and Databricks both keep trying to, to go too far relative to data mesh marketing. I'm not even going to waste my breath on them. Same for the cloud vendors. Using exclusively cloud vendor managed slash owned technologies is going to get you in a lot of trouble. They just don't know how to put the right glue in between. So you'll end up rolling so much of it your own, but the cloud vendors don't really allow extensibility easily. So <laughs> you're going to be in a world of hurt of trying to roll your own with custom rolling your integrations and things like that between them. Google's recent announcement of Googleplex or whatever the crap it's called was probably the most egregious announcement I've seen to date. I would have thought it was an April 1st announcement if it hadn't come out in March. They had been probably the least inane to date, but now that goes back to Azure. MongoDB, oh, MongoDB. I work at Datastax. Datastax with managed Cassandra for their AstraDB is 10x better positioned for data mesh than MongoDB. The Stargate API gateway is the exact type of concept we need, but for data APIs. And I'm making sure we at Datastax don't talk about offering AstraDB for data mesh because it's, it's not at all where it needs to be to make it even a great and easy operational plane partner for a data mesh implementation. And that's only as a partner on the operational plane. So no MongoDB, just no. There are lots of startups trying to attach their name to data mesh that are approaching things from a bad angle at best. I saw a seed company raise as a data mesh company. That doesn't make any sense. Please stop it. I keep seeing phrases like, you can build a data mesh on our tech, which again, doesn't make any sense. Data mesh is an organizational first paradigm. Yes, tools are important, but it's not that the tooling is the thing that matters. It's what are your actual challenges? And then you can find tools that help you address those challenges. And, and I'm especially looking at you, Decodable, for putting out some more BS in your, uh, in your fundraising announcement. Ascend.io also had a phrase like that in their raise announcement just in the last week. I actually almost forgot Palantir in here as well. Palantir 
literally released a product called Data Mesh, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Data Mesh as far as I can tell. It would be just a bad, bad decision to even consider it from the, the literature and everything I read on it. It's not at all in line with what we're trying to accomplish with Data Mesh. It's just a technical solution that doesn't have any of the necessary heart and approach that we need when it comes to data mesh. The ones who aren't overselling but people are flocking to are the ones I would look to partner with. It shouldn't only be a purchasing relationship, it should be a partnership. Doran Parat's episode, number 68, makes some really, really good points on build versus buy that you should listen to on building a, a vendor partnership if you are going to buy. I'm sure I've left out a few companies on the good side that will be sour about it. But the point is to look to those sharing knowledge, not marketing materials. You want vendors that understand they give you the leverage and assistance to tackle your challenges. Not that those tools are the things that solve the challenges. You use tools to achieve your goals and your results. They aren't the, the thing. They aren't the thing that solves them. You solve them with tools. If anybody wants to help put together a full vendor and tooling landscape, please join the Community Marvels channel in the Slack. I'm focused on getting on the getting started right up more than vendor tooling as that was what people voted for. They voted for me to do the getting started slash your proof of concept. Um, but it was a close vote and people are pretty desperate for a good way to cut through the absolute noise of BS marketing and what what people are actually helping and, and how and why. And like, not just this person is using this tool in, in a data mesh implementation. How, 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 how. Vendors get extremely specific, extremely specific if you want to actually be taken seriously. Tell us exactly what were the challenges and how they're using the tool. So let's celebrate those doing the right things and tell off those who are not. Much love, Scott. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.